I'm Paul Bear with Bear Farms in Paris, Texas, and you're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. Thanks, as always, for taking time to join us for another edition of Texas Ag Today. All you've got to do is jump on in with me and buckle up. We're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, a Texas cotton grower addresses Congress. Sean Holliday from the Louisa area addressed a congressional subcommittee last week to give ideas on how the new farm bill can help cotton growers. We'll have more on that coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. Bringing attention to the financial difficulty of young people getting into agriculture. I'm Tom Nicolotti, and that was one of the issues presented by farmers and ranchers from Texas as they were visiting with their U.S. representatives and senators in the nation's capital. I'll have more on Texas Ag today. A Texas High Plains rancher has come up with a new way to take aim at some pesky trees. I'm James Hunt, and we'll talk about that on Texas Ag Today. Gardening in Texas is in full swing, and so is container gardening. Please join me, John Bagnos. We talk about container gardening in Texas. We'll have those stories, plus Texas wildlife news, and a complete look at the markets all coming up. West Texas cotton grower Sean Holliday of La Mesa testified before the House Agriculture Committee's Subcommittee on General Farm Commodities Risk Management and Credit last week in Washington. Holliday told the subcommittee there are several improvements that could be made in the 2023 Farm Bill to benefit the cotton industry. Supply chain disruptions and geopolitical challenges have led to a dramatic increase in production costs, leading to tighter margins and decreased profitability. Total production costs now range between 90 cents and a dollar per pound, which is well above the futures prices in the low 80s. When calculated based on seed cotton, the cost of production is almost 48 cents, far above the PLC reference price of 36.7 cents per pound. Today's production costs are diminishing the effectiveness of the current reference price, which should be increased. Holiday says crop insurance is another critical component of the farm bill. Cotton producers should not face limits to their crop insurance options, eliminating the prohibition on simultaneous enrollment of PLC and the Stacked Income Protection Plan, or STACS, would allow a grower to better tailor their risk management options while also decreasing their reliance on ad hoc disaster programs. Holiday is currently serving as chairman of the National Cotton Council. Weekly sheep and lamb slaughter has tracked above year-ago levels since late January and have now started to move seasonally lower following the Easter holiday. Slaughter levels reached a peak of 43,941 head the week of March 20th. 
Since that peak, weekly slaughter levels have moved seasonally lower. Texas A&M researchers are working on a way to make cottonseed edible for human food. Humans cannot eat cottonseed because of something called glossopol, which is toxic to humans. Texas A&M AgriLife professor Dr. Karidi Rathori is working on that problem. We wanted to eliminate glossopol only in the seed, not in the rest of the plant, because it does serve a useful function. It protects the cotton plant against insects and some diseases. Researchers are using gene silencing technology to eliminate glossopol from the cottonseed while leaving it active in the plant. So we used a gene silencing technology and silenced one critical gene only in the seed. And so the gossipol levels have been reduced drastically. Rathori says field trials are ongoing in an effort to get regulatory approval for low gossipol cottonseed. A group of Texas farmers and ranchers visited with their elected officials in Washington, D.C. recently. Tom Nicoletti was there and has this report. Reporting from our nation's capital today and caught up with Jade Baummeister. She is owner and office manager of the Lampasas Cattle Auction. And uh, Jade is in Washington to uh, meet with her uh, U.S. representative and the senators from Texas. And uh, so far, uh, what have you learned from them and why is this important to be here in Washington? So as the mother of two children, before all else, I am very, very passionate about advocating for agriculture and the future of young farmers and ranchers. So I take any opportunity I can to advocate on behalf of agriculture, hoping that there's a world we can leave for our young farmers and ranchers. Are there any particular issue uh, that uh, concerns you the most when it comes to the future of agriculture as you are meeting with lawmakers here on Capitol Hill? How hard it is to get in to ranching. If you're not already in a family or left a farmer ranch, I'm very concerned with the education of young people. It's one thing to educate them and talk to them about agriculture and teach them, but finding a way to help them financially get into it. It's, it's not a feasible business right now financially for someone just starting out. It, it, would, it would not even make sense. You are involved heavily back home with contacting your lawmakers and, and getting the word out about the important issues that affect farmers and ranchers uh, daily. Yes, I just hope that we as a whole, as a industry, can continue to educate people and get the point across that without agriculture, this is not a sustainable world. That is Jade Baummeister from Mills County. I'm Tom Nicoletti at the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. A Texas High Plains rancher has come up with a new way to deal with some pesky trees. James Hunt has that story from the Panhandle. Going to war against juniper trees was a big topic at the recent Hemp Hill County Beef Conference in Canadian. The audience for the AgriLife event saw a video demonstration by a local rancher who has come up with a new method for delivering herbicide. Jason Abraham told me his invention involves using a gun that fires what is called a brush bullet. Looks like a musket ball, and each one of the bullets actually uh, will kill up to like a three-foot tree. So say if you got a nine-foot tree, you shoot it three times to deliver the herbicide. And what the herbicide does is the tree catches the herbicide, the, the bullet, and then the bullet actually falls right into place. And the bullet doesn't break. It's not liquid. It's a solid bullet, and but it's water-soluble. So then it, it lays there until the rain comes. And when the rain comes, it slowly dissolves and then is pulled up by the trees. And then the trees decay from that point on. 
Abraham says the brush bullet can be fired from the ground, say from a four-wheeler or from horseback, or from the air. Abraham uses a helicopter. The Jennifer is a water sucker. It sucks a lot of water. So if you just take the three hours of me flying around in a helicopter and controlling 200 acres of these trees, and it's 3,000 trees at that point. So if those trees, say they average, if they average 10 gallons a day of water, well, with that 10 gallons of water times uh, 3,000 is 30,000, and there's you figure there's 200 days in a growing season, well, that 30,000 all of a sudden turns into 6 million gallons. That's one growing season. And that's three hours of helicopter time and essentially it comes out to about $4,600 in uh, labor and chemical and helicopter time. The brush bullet is expected to be available on the market soon, and you can find out more at brushbullet.com. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Gardening in Texas is in full swing. Horticulturalist John Begno has an update from San Angelo. Well, it's that time of the year that everybody has that gardening fever, and the weather's kind of up and down as far as temperatures go, and that's a typical spring. We consider container gardening one of those types of gardening that can nearly be done by anybody, apartment dwellers, housing dwellers, those that live in the country. And what makes container gardening successful are are several things. First of all, the kind of container. You know, if you live in the country, you can use repurposed containers like water troughs or wheelbarrows or whatever suits your fancy. You can use formal containers in a a more formal setting in town or wherever you want to. But usually containers are used to give accent to hardscapes or areas of your landscape and to also soften these areas. And when we say hardscapes, we think of patios, we think of decks, we think of entranceways like near front doors. And so you usually want to choose the type of container that is to scale for the area. Large containers, of course, you can use larger plants. You don't have to water quite as often as you will with small containers that might have a root system that absorbs water in one day. So you choose the size and type of container that you want. You want to make sure there's good drainage. When you water, that water can come out of the bottom so plants don't become waterlogged either by rain or irrigation. You also want the appropriate plant for the appropriate location. If it's a full sun location, then choose one that's going to accept summer heat. If it's in shade, one that tolerates the shade. And if it gets a lot of outdoor moisture from rain and the wet parts of the state, then you choose those types of plants. Be sure you have good soil, good potting soil, a light potting soil, one that when you pick up the bag, it's not real heavy, but one that absorbs water, holds water, and then allows air back into that. And then that plant selection, remember, don't forget color. Color is always providing something that other plants may not provide that makes things much more attractive and an accent. Reporting from San Angelo for Texas Ag Today, this is John Begno. Enrollment is now open for the Managed Lands Deer Program's do-it-yourself option. I'm Jessica Dolmel, and I'll have details coming up on Texas Ag Today. And livestock guard dogs are very important here in Texas. Veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today.
Fast planting season begins across the country. The American Seed Trade Association reminds farmers to follow the basic steps for seed treatment stewardship. Follow directions on seed container labeling. Eliminate weeds in the field prior to planting. Minimize dust by using advanced seed flow lubricants. Be aware of honeybees and hives located near the field. Ensure that any spilled seeds are removed or covered by soil to protect wildlife and the environment. And remove all treated seed left in equipment. For more information, visit seed-treatment-guide.com or contact your seed dealer. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Livestock guard dogs are very important for Texas sheep and goat producers. But Dr. Bob Judd says the dog must have a genetic propensity to protect livestock and they must be raised correctly. The Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Specialist at San Angelo have some really good information concerning sheep, goats, and livestock guard dogs on their website. An effective livestock guard dog is important to livestock producers and buying from a reputable breeder that knows his dog's personalities and behaviors and your needs is a good idea. The puppy you choose needs to be healthy and getting a veterinary exam guarantee with the purchase is really important. For example, if the puppy is loaded with parasites, you have to question the management of the dam and puppies by the breeder. Your vet can do a complete exam and is better to assess the eyes, oral cavity, heart, lungs, and legs than a layperson and is non-biased. Also, be sure and look at the parents of the pup to determine if the size that is expected is correct for your operation and predators in your area. The puppy you choose must have what is called prey drive, and this is the instinctive inclination of a carnivore to find, pursue, and capture prey. This is difficult to determine in a very young puppy, but should be able to be detected in a puppy eight months old or older. As far as sex of the puppy, both sexes have been shown to be effective guard dogs as long as they are spayed or neutered. It is important to expose puppies to livestock as soon as they are weaning age, which is about eight weeks. You may want to leave your puppy with the breeder for some training if you are new to training guard dogs. Socialization of a dog occurs from six to 12 weeks, so this is an important time in a puppy's life. For more information, visit agrilifeextension.tamu.edu. I'm veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Enrollment is now open for the Managed Lands Deer Program's Do-It-Yourself option. Jessica Domel has the details in today's Wildlife Report. Texans who are interested in extended deer hunting seasons and liberal bag limits can now apply for the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department's Managed Lands Deer Program. The program is designed to foster and support sound habitat and wildlife management on private lands and encourage good stewardship practices. Alan Kane, TPWD's white-tailed deer program leader, said deer harvest is an important aspect of habitat management and wildlife conservation. Landowners enrolled in MLDP are able to take advantage of extended season lengths, deer season lengths, which basically run from a around October 1 to the end of February, and generally some liberalized harvest opportunities, including the method of take, depending on the particular option you're in. The program has two different options for landowners, the harvest option and the conservation option. Harvest option is the self-serve aspect to the MLD program, and it's intended for really landowners that uh, may not need as much assistance, maybe just looking for a couple of tags or the benefits of an extended season. There's different reasons for participating in that, but the harvest option doesn't require wildlife management plan. It doesn't require any data collection or habitat management practices be conducted. 
Landowners who are interested in the harvest option need to go to the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department's Land Management Assistance website and apply. The system will automatically create a tag issuance and allow that person to use those tags during that harvest option season. For the harvest option, cost is $30 per management unit. Sign up for both options is currently underway on the TPWD website. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. It looks like the cattle market is officially out of steam. Another big drop in cattle futures and the cash market on Tuesday. We'll check out all of the livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Texas Farm Bureau has served farm families in rural Texas for nearly 90 years. We're pleased to offer new affordable health care coverage choices for all Texans through Texas Farm Bureau health plans. You do not need to be a member to inquire and apply. Plans are available anytime. There is no open enrollment period. Our United Healthcare Choice Plus network of providers is one of the largest available. For more information about the different plans, how to apply, or to get a quote for you, your family, or your small business, call 833-TX-HEALTH or visit 833-TXHEALTH.com. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. It looks like this cattle market has officially run out of steam. On Tuesday, we ended up sharply lower on the futures market. That caused cash trade early here in the week. It was lower as well. We'll start with those futures prices. June live cattle dropped $1.97 to close at $162.90. August down $1.70 at $160.95. October live cattle down $1.70, closing at $165.30. Big drop on the feeders, with May feeder cattle dropping $3.75 to close at $205.95. August down $392, $226.17, with September feeder cattle down $380, $229.27. We usually don't see much cash trade early in the week on a Tuesday, but it looks like this week feedlots were unwilling to hold out for higher money all of this negativity in the cattle market right now seems to have motivated them to go ahead and sell cattle this week. We had sales here in Texas at 172 on Tuesday. That is another dollar lower compared to last week. Boxed beef prices mixed Tuesday choice down a dollar twenty, three oh eight eighty two, select up a dollar seventy seven at two ninety two seventy seven. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pins with Larry Marble. First up, Rodney Butler sold him in Beeville on Friday. Rodney added to go. Oh, we got in real good. We had some good quality cattle, so that, that always helped the market. So we still we had a good sale, sir. Walk the pins with us, please. All right, we had 256 head and three horses and no sheep or goats. And the whole market was active. Two to 300 pound steers, $1.73 to 220. Efforts $1.84 to 205. 300 400 pound steers, 220 to 250. Efforts $1.52 to 225. 400 500 pound steers, $1.84 to 245. Efforts $1.67 to 213. 500 600 pound steers, $1.73 to 234. Efforts $1.78 to 205. And your 600 700 pound steers were $1.73 to 210. Efforts $1.71 to $1.92. And your 700 800 pound steers were $1.68 to $1.93. And heifers were $1.32 to $1.70. Acre cows were pretty steady. They brought anywhere from 60 to 98 cents. Bulls brought from 69 to $1.20. Our young stocker cows, we had a few of them. They brought anywhere from 78 to $1.24. And our bread cows at dollar dollar around that $9.95. And we didn't have any pairs this last week, sir. Tell everybody how to get a hold of you, please. Yeah, if I can help market your cows, call me at 361-358-1727. Or y'all can reach me on my mobile, 645 
zero zero two. Neighbor, now let's drip herd to you, Valley. Talk to Klein Spear. Klein, how'd your cattle sale go? Went well, Larry, at 400 head today. Choice deer, $1.60 to $2. Those lightweights, $1.85 to $2.60. Choice heifers, $1.45 to $1.80. Those lightweights, $1.75 to $2.60. Crossbred steers, $1.45 to $1.90. Some lightweights, $1.70 to $2.40. Crossbred heifers, $1.25 to $1.70. Those lightweights, $1.60 to $2.15. Stalker cows, $85 to $1.25. Hacker bulls, $97 to $1.20. Those breaker cows, $84 to $95. Cutters and canners, $60 to $77. And those Shelly cows, 25 to 45. Uh, good fairs day, 12 to 1500. Some planer pairs, 550 to 700. And bread cows day, 8 to 1200 on the. We'll tell everybody how to get a hold of you. Call us the office, 830 278 5621. Neighbor, that's it for Walking the Pins on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. I'm Larry Marble, and you're listening to us on Texas Ag Today. Back over to the futures market now, where lean hogs were mixed on Tuesday. The nearby May was down $1.12, 78.17. The June up 25. At 89.95. Class 3 milk was higher. May milk up 5 cents. 16.65 a hundredweight. The cotton market put in a lower close. Overall negative economic news weighing on the market. Another bank failure and possible higher interest rates this week, all keeping the market in the negative. July cotton finishing 94 points lower at 80.37. October down 81. 81.15. While the new crop December was down 72 cents at 80.49 cents. Corn market continues to feel the pressure from a possible record corn crop in Brazil this year. May corn dropped one and a half, 638 a bushel. July down four and a half at 580, with September corn down three, 520 and three quarters. And we keep searching for a bottom in the wheat market. Seems that no one will come in and buy the market, so prices continue to drop lower. July Kansas City wheat down 17 cents at 740 and a quarter. July Chicago wheat down 9, 609 and a quarter. In the energy markets, June natural gas down 10 cents Tuesday, 221. June West Texas crude down 401 at 7165 a barrel. The financial markets lower on Tuesday afternoon. The Dow dropping 348 points, 33,703. The Nasdaq down 117 at 12,095. The S&P down 43 at 4,124. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. I'm Kerry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the U.S. of A., Texas agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.